Welcome to JFSC podcasts, which are aimed at building industry understanding of who we are and also what actions we're taking to build a high performing regulator. And today we are going to be hearing from Alexis Dolling, who is the executive director of People and Culture, and also Jimmy Kelly, who's founder and CEO of Performance Now. Welcome both of you, of course. Now, we know finance industry is, is integral to Jersey, um, and the JFSC has a critical role to play in ensuring that um, got a career in we the keep up to the highest regulatory standards. Um, but to do that, you need a team, hence the reason why we're here today. Um, before we start talking about what you've done and, and where you're going, um, Alexis, perhaps you could just introduce yourself and tell us um, your career highlights so far as to why you've got this role. Thank you. So it's really fantastic to be here and lovely to just have this opportunity to sort of talk to everybody. Um, so career background for me that's uh, relevant to this job. I worked in financial services in an international um, bank and did a variety of roles um, in sort of country roles, regional roles and, and global roles. And I've worked in a commercial roles as well as HR and people roles. Um, and so when the opportunity came to join the JFSC, um, well, firstly, I'd Typical story, I've been seconded to Jersey on a temporary work assignment and fell in love with it. And I think the the importance of the JFSC to Jersey and the finance industry really, really struck me. So the purpose of the organization and, and helping, you know, that the, the long-term um, sustainability of Jersey as an international finance center, all of that really resonated with me. And so I think the combination of my role around people but also around organizational effectiveness high performance um, really resonated it's not just a sort of people operations role it's a how do we create high performance in this organization and um, so I think having had commercial roles and HR roles was I was just more the sort of type of person that you know the JFSC were looking for and the fact that I'd had international experience and also working in organizations that were very customer focused very people focused and had almost sort of the best interests of fair value for consumers um, mm. at their heart I could also bring that to this role. Now you, your remit was to fill, fulfill one of the key aims of the JFSC strategic framework which is basically to implement a significant change in yeah. the culture and organizational performance of yes. the organization and develop a high performing organization as you said yeah why was that change needed and how did you go about once you've taken on that role doing that if you look at the JFSC maybe even over the last five years we've we've doubled so we've doubled in the number of people that we um, employ the industry has grown and therefore our fee income has grown but what's also increased is the amount of regulation that we have to do. So there's been an increase in legislation. There's an increase in standards. Regulatory standards have increased. The industry has increased. The amount of people we have in the organization has increased. So therefore, the importance of having a much more systemic people leader within the organization helping to grow, helping to systemize high performance, measurement, effectiveness, just became more important to the board. The importance of culture in strategy delivery, I think boards have really started to understand. You can have a strategy, but if your people don't have the capability to deliver it, then it's only as good as the piece of paper that it's it's um, you know it's on. But okay, so day day one, you you walk into GFSC. How do you assess what you've got and where you need to be? Uh, so I was given 
a few weeks of freedom. My first broad presentation was, I think, nine weeks after I joined and I had to have my first sort of broad presentation ready after sort of six or seven weeks. So I thought I could jump in at the first fire that I see, quickly fix this, quick, but then you're suddenly down a little rabbit hole. So what did I do in the first six weeks to, to prepare my these are my early observations. I um, went out to industry. Um, I spoke to quite a lot of the HR companies that we'd worked with, recruiters. What's the word on the street? What do you think of the JFSC? What are our people like? I talked to our people. We had um, a number of workshops where I sort of said, hey, what's it like to work here? What's good? What's bad? What do you like? Um, what do you think we, almost like what's our USP? As an employer, um, what do you think the market thinks of us? Um, so an informal 360 sort of stakeholder review. Um, and I sort of just drew some conclusions from that. I also spoke to the commissioners. I spoke to the executive team. What, where are we today as a regulator and where do we want to be? And I think the big shift was we're very good at being a regulator, a supervisor. Um, but if we want to change and become more of a facilitator of business integrity, integrity and more of an educator of industry and more of a communicator, then the skills that we have to be a good supervisor need to be enhanced and, and developed. And so I think my first few weeks were, this is where I think we are as a line in the sand today on performance, leadership, the standard sort of metrics, com commercialism uh, and understanding sort of and having commercial acumen. Um, and I think one of the things I identified was we had a lot of very, very deep technical experts. So there's people in our building who are world leading experts on anti-money laundering. So of that, there is no denying really, really deep technical experts. And we've invested a lot in their technical training and their understanding. And what we... I think the other thing I identified is there had been less effort, I guess, given to, well, how do we take that knowledge and that expertise and help permeate it through into industry? So it's great. We've got one of the top experts in the world on anti-money laundering, but we want Jersey to be that top you know, jurisdiction and have that expertise. So it's how do we layer on top and augment what we have and also sort of setting different expectations of why is the people agenda important when historically people might not have realized how much I guess I say commercial advantage how much advantage you can get from having a more engaged workforce who really understand what good looks like and are giving discretionary effort I guess. Sure and Jimmy I'll bring you in now so how did you become involved with Alexis and the JFSC? Well, Alexis and I were having some conversations, uh, you know, going back several months. Um, I have done some work with the JFC uh, prior to that, but very much on a sort of more individual uh, basis. The conversations with Alexis were around, you know, how do we you know, raise that on a more enterprise level across the organization? So we had a number of conversations. Alexis was sharing with me what her thoughts were in terms of some of those challenges that we, we saw, with, um, particularly from the people side of things. And what really stood out with me and, and the work that we're, you know, we're collaborating on now is, you know, was around curiosity about how we bring curiosity to the workplace again if we have individuals with you know world-class levels of expertise and knowledge how does that get shared and collaborated across the organization now it sounds like the board are on on board with mm -hmm. with this um idea but how then do you encourage jimmy a, a kind of to change the culture and the mindset of a whole organization 
it's a several step approach. The first step clearly has to be about people understanding themselves. And that was the first step that we took as part of the work, really helping people understand their own personal tendencies and preferences and therefore how they show up in the workplace. How you show up in a workplace will obviously can then dictate your own effectiveness from a performance perspective. But crucially, it's about your impact on other people. And that was really the, the first starter point for the work that we did. How do you impact other people at work? It's one thing to say, well, either you either have the answer or you don't have the answer. But high-performing teams aren't about binaries of black and white answers. They're about how people collaborate, work together to find new solutions. Because you know the world is changing so rapidly, particularly in the mm. regulatory environment, um, that just having the knowledge today isn't enough. We need to problem solve for tomorrow too. So we really began by looking at how people their personal preferences and tendencies and how they show up impact other people and then how they can work uh, more collaboratively mm. together. Uh, uh, Jimmy, the, the JFSC operates in a highly commercial environment, obviously, mm -hmm. but in itself is effectively a public sector organisation. Does that pose additional issues? It's a good question. I, I think, again, in my experience, organisations do have obviously their own unique cultures and, and uh, the, the values that they bring um, to work. There needn't necessarily be any differences between private sector and public sector in that regard. One of the one of the probably standout features is more around the difference between a you know, a career, a vocation uh, versus you know a, a way of maximising you know the way you make money. Something if we look at like uh, something like the uh, the commission, um, there are many many people who work in there because they're passionate about mm. what, what what the commission does and its aims and its objectives and what it means for the island, what it means for Jersey, and what it means to be a highly you know uh, reg well regulated um, uh, sector. So for that reason, when you do have pockets of individuals who have got really pride and passion for the work that they do coupled with subject matter matter expertise where that's different is then their openness to absorb new ideas mm. and that's where we start with these conversations so actually everybody is different and they will approach problems in different ways so we typically that would be probably the biggest difference between the public and the private sector is having people who are passionate about what it stands for versus um you know more more transient i guess work in the private private sector and Alexis, I mean, the, the JFS is a unitary regulator. We're a small island jurisdiction. Mm. That that must pose both challenges and opportunities, um, particularly obviously with a, a small pool of talent in the island. How how have you kind of looked at that? We're the only regulator. It's not like there's a St. Brellard's regulator and a gory one and we're competing for business. Um, we're the only one. So we are providing unique career experiences. No one else can provide the training to become a regulator and supervisory skills. And a lot of people who work in financial services, because of the importance of regulation, of risk management, of controls, actually would like some sort of regulatory type experience on their CV. And so my job is then, how do we make it accessible so that people can come in and we know people aren't going to stay for their whole career. We know people can move for more salaries and, and different work experiences. But how do we attract people? Let's say for sort of a three to five year stint, come in, learn your trade. And that also helps us build um, business integrity across the island. Because if somebody comes to us in their 20s and does five years, learns how to be a supervisor, works with industry, and then goes to work in industry, they're never going to forget the five years of skills and capability that we've given them. They might do 10 or 15 years in, in industry. Then they might come back as a senior manager or as a director. So I'm trying to change the way we look at careers and broaden out. If our job is to build business integrity across the island... 
we can do that in a number of ways. So if if people come and work for us and have maybe two or three career stints, I would love to have that. So we're tracking at the moment how many people are returning. So in our supervisory team, we've got 17% of our workforce are returners. And that shows actually people come in, they like it, they enjoy the work. Then they might to, you know, go and be a practitioner, go and work in industry. Then they want to come back and you know either rebuild their skills. So the more I can create... I call them elegant exits, you know, where sometimes when people leave an organization, it's seen as a negative thing. Now I think, oh, that's great. If they're staying in Jersey and they're going to work in financial services, that's another little bit of skill set that we've planted in this organization or that organization. And they can say, oh, really, you should be doing it this way or here's a more effective way of doing it. So it's having little plants everywhere. And if they come back later, great. If not, I want them to be an advocate for us. I want them to say to other people, actually you can go learn some really good things and and that's partly my role is to create that compelling what's our employment experience why do I want it to be leading and what can we do to make sure that it is leading and partly the work with Jimmy is to say this is giving you additional skills additional information training development everybody wants that and that's what we can offer that maybe some of the commercial firms can't that real investment in you won't get career experiences in a regulator anywhere else in Jersey other than with us and that was and I'd add to that actually um like as an, as an external coming in working with the teams it did stand out to me the number of people when I said mm. you know, how long have you worked for the commission the number of people who said well this time round it's mm. been x number and every, every single person and I can say this as an external every single person very positive about that experience of leaving and then returning and yeah. again again through the lens of building skills building a career and actually it's a real USP it's a real advantage mm. I think for the organization to be able to do that and, and bring talent back into the business so what kind of structures have you put in place then to, to encourage this learning and skills building and, and to be sustainable? Because obviously for any organisation, sustainability of your staff, you know, we know what the, the employment situation is like. That's incredibly important. So we've done a number of things. Firstly, we do, like, quite a lot of organisations do it, but we do staff surveys. What, what is it that really is important to you? So we do a lot of sort of listening um, and then we want to sort of do some then, well, what's our action behind that? And one of the things that we uncovered is that we had a sort of immaturity in how to have a career conversation, how to progress your career but people wanted that. They wanted progression, but they wanted to, how, how do I better understand where where am I in my career journey? What career stage am I in? And what sort of management might I need in the various career stages? And so we created something actually around mid-year, which was much more of a, if I'm a manager, how do I have a really robust conversation with somebody who could be a different generation for me, could be two or three generations different, that... I did it like this, so therefore you're going to follow my well-trodden path and actually talk more about career experiences. It's like a game of junk, um, Dungeons and Dragons. You go to different worlds and you get different skills and you put them in your little rucksack and then you move up to the next world. What What are those career experiences that the people want to get? How do you create a development plan which talks about I don't know, public speaking or policy development or um, digitizing a journey what does that look like? How do I develop it? And so for us to have much more sophisticated conversations with people and then the manager is almost with the individual curating a bespoke career experience rather than 
here's the career ladder, you're going to jump onto this role and then onto this role. And it's more around in making them more individual, but also fitting in life stages. There might be periods where people want to take on more stretch because it suits them to have more responsibility. And there might be times where people don't want more stretch, but they want to hone their skills and still be effective. And we don't want to say everybody must follow a certain path. So I think how to have a conversation and setting expectations with employees and managers to say, when people write there, we sort of do a 90 day plan cadence. So what am I going to be working on over the next 90 days? But that that's a holistic plan. And it's not just here are the tasks that I need to deliver. It's Here's my work, but also this is my development and that those things have equal weighting um, because I think in a lot of organizations, people deprioritize themselves and do the work. And a year goes by and you haven't done the development that you thought you're going to do or you haven't done something different. So we're trying to do more deputizing, getting people to step up, having experiences that they'll learn from rather than here's another technical training course. So for all the stakeholders who who might be listening or watching this this podcast, you know, what does this mean to them? What does this mean to the finance industry? All those things that you put in place, how's that going to impact your stakeholders? So I think the main thing, um, so we did an industry survey last year and the industry told us that... Um, I think they scored a six, six-ish out of 10 for um, high-performing and engaged staff. And they said our people were helpful and friendly and, you know, very positive, but that there'd been too many change and they worked with somebody and then they moved on and then there was somebody different. So I think the immediate um, gain is that we have more stability. So since I've started, our workforce has grown, I think even this year we've grown by nine, um, nine or 10%. Um, and the person that industry will be working with is the same person that it was last year. Um, and that building the relationship and the rapport helps to build that trust and helps to build that confidence that the people I'm dealing with know what they're doing and are confident and competent. So the simple metrics of, you know, our turnover is really decreased, our headcount's gone up, we don't have under-resourcing problems, we're meeting our sort of um, plan for capacity. Um, but also that our people are um, actually understand what good looks like, they understand the key performance indicators that we're looking to, um, you know, measure effectiveness, regulatory effectiveness. We're listening back to our um industry counterparts so some of our senior leaders we're spending more time out there listening understanding and educating our people on the, the sectors and so finally then what what does success look like for both of you in the in the in, the, in this process that you've been through and for the JFSC? shall i go first yeah go for it <laughs> <laughs> i think from my perspective the, the real the measures um have to come down to how people behave differently, perform differently. And that's that's measured really in a number of ways. It's on a very individual level around you know how people feel in terms of their work. Do they feel invested in? Do they feel listened to? Um, do they feel that they've got new skills and knowledge that they can use? But probably the biggest piece is around how we work together more effectively, right? How we collaborate more, how we can break down some of those silos. And that's through, to Alexa's point earlier, having a common language. So understanding that if somebody is asking... You know, lots of questions in certain ways. They need more information. Some people are, um, you know, they'd be happy to act on less information because they want to move forward to get results quicker. Other individuals will need a lot of information and 
both positions are to be respected and can add diversity to an organization. But we now introduce a language that people can use when they talk to each other about, about what that means. Um, but then also understanding um, each other more and, and then uh, how to have difficult conversations. Uh, that's a real key driver for me is asking great questions, how to ask great questions of each other. That's powerful internally, but it's also powerful externally. If we can increase the quality of the questions that we ask of each other, we'll increase the quality of the answers. And then finally, when we do have conflict, because conflict is inevitable, uh, it's only combat that's optional, right? Mm -hmm. So as long as we don't fall into that space, but recognizing that we do ha need to have healthy conflict to get the right answers and the right outcomes, um, there would be the measures for me in terms of whether we've been successful. I think for me, I've got my measures of success are sort of from the micro. I would like individual members of staff to feel I'm working in a leading employer. I'm an advocate for this organization. I'm giving discretionary effort. I've learned, I'm fulfilled and going home, hey, this great thing happened at work today and buzzy, buzzy, buzzy. So from an individual level, I would love that. And the more people are telling me that their working environment is positive and enriching, then great. And then at the macro level, I want us to be a successful regulator and therefore meet our key performance indicators and deliver for Jersey. I want to, you know, I've chosen to move here and live here and, um, you know, for, for us to be well regarded internationally as a, you know, an international finance center where regulation is strong, um, where the finance advice is strong, where we're, you know, well regarded, I guess. So it's from that right down to an individual person and sort of everything in, in between. So I'm ambitious for the organization. I felt that, you know, like I said before, we're a unique employer and we can provide so much, just a small organization for the whole of Jersey. And to work for an organization that has such reach is a sort of privilege and an honor. And I think the majority of our people, they're not working there because it's just a job. And so it's they're already working there because they've got high purpose. And it's my job to help unleash that and sort of, you know, tap into that motivation to help you know, them with the people, the stakeholders that they work with and be more effective. Wonderful. We'll, we'll end on that then. Thank you very much, Alexis Donning and Jimmy Kelly. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.